I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 233. And look, y'all, let me just tell y'all these issues that Donna has been having. Nosebleeds. Oh my gosh. She got one when we were in Dallas. She just had one. I had to go fish out a damn tampon from 1972 before I had an IUD and try to find one for her to shove up her nose. Oh my gosh. And then I was like, can I record like this? And, no, you it was like, hey, on Donna. Yeah, I was like, nah, okay. Damn blood thinners. Oh my god. Chloe goes, you think it's your blood thinners? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is, Doc. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's so pure. He is, but it it is true. My blood is like too thin right now, so we like lowered my dose. Yeah, but my body is still going. No, we're about to bleed. Yeah, I was using the bathroom, y'all, and. It's all over my shirt. Like, you must it have just, strained too hard. In Dallas, she laughed too hard, busted yes. a blood vessel in her nose. I didn't even strain. It wasn't that type of poop. It was just like, and I oop. <laughs> so I don't know. But like, I looked down and I was like, wait, what is that? I was like, I spit on myself. <laughs> no, my nose spit on me. So if you've seen She's the Man, I, I was chaining Tatum in that. <laughs> like I had it shoved up my nose. But since you mentioned Dallas... Y'all, we had so much fun. Colby came and Tiffany came and so many of y'all came. Oh my goodness. We were so overwhelmed, like in the best way from all of y'all's love and support. I mean, people came from New York, from New Mexico, Montana, Kentucky. I mean, all kinds of places. Yes. And I mean, then some were local, but even then it's like, oh my gosh, y'all are coming to see us, staying at the hotel, hanging out with us. Ugh. And you know what? There was never an awkward silence. We were all just one big happy family. And we did our first kind of like quasi live anything mm-hmm. and I didn't fuck it up. Well, no, she didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did kind of like a, it's called a round table. So we did it, we set it up kind of like a sinister sightings, but don't worry if you've sent one in, we didn't read any new ones. We just did repeats because we didn't want to like take somebody's thunder of yeah. reading something that, you, you know, so don't worry. We didn't like, you're not like, man, they're never reading mine. They must've read a thing. <laughs> yeah. That ain't how we did it. Yeah, no, we took older ones that, you know, like hell we had forgotten about and we're like, oh my gosh. And we got to discuss them with all the people there. But if you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? We went to the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas this past weekend. We can't talk about Dallas if we don't talk about the tattoos. Just about to say that. <laughs> Yo, there were like, what, seven of y'all? Don't make me count. That got fucking tattoos. Like, like APC-related like, tattoos. Yeah, like a planchette with APC on it. Or, like, Creep Mom got um kind of one of the designs with the fingers holding... The ball. The ball, like the crystal ball that said Creepinati in it. Yeah, it was amazing. And then others got the crystal ball from one of the merch designs, too. Like, seriously, so mind-blowing, y'all. It really means the world to us. Y'all mean the world to us. And we're just so happy that we can be ourselves. And yeah. And if you thought I was psychic or anything like that, uh, I learned that I am because I talked up the sweat. I talked up the stairs because everything happened that I was like, oh, I hate doing this. Yeah, it happened. It fucking happened. And let's shout out Erica, who did our makeup for the meetup. Just about to say that. I mean, I was feeling myself for that meetup. And I never fucking say that. Well, I was feeling myself until I felt my eyelash 
wiggle in my eye like a caterpillar <laughs> because I had sweated. Is that a word? So much, y'all, that I sweated the glue from my eyelashes. I've never had eyelashes on. And one, they're amazing. Two, they're not sweat proof. I'll tell you that right now. So if you're listening here and you're like, oh, no, I got some for you. Bet I could sweat that shit off. <laughs> She's not lying, y'all. It was so hot in the bar that we went to that they legit brought us a floor drying fan <laughs> to, to dry us. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So I'm sorry if y'all's pictures, I'm looking real glisteny, glossy, and you had to touch my sweaty back. Because, yeah, I'm like, oh, my back doesn't sweat. Everything was sweaty. <laughs> like, it was so bad. My hair dripping. <laughs> like, at one point... I was going to drink, which I'm glad I didn't because, you know, nosebleeds, but I could not drink. I was like, I don't want to do anything. It's so hot. Oh, and uh, the girl was like to me and Colby, hey, do y'all want a half price shot? So we were like, sure. Like, why not? You know, she's like, what kind do you want? We're like, I don't know. She's like, you want me to surprise you? Sure. It was a fucking spicy ass shot. And you know, I don't do spicy. Oh, God. It was spicy and it was hot. Like in the the place. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was not a good... Like, I did not need spicy on top of sweaty. Yeah. Girl, read the room. We fanning over here with a fan. Everything. Do something cool, Breeze. And then the shirt I was wearing, it was Tiffany's. Thank you, Tiffany, for letting me borrow your shorts and your shirt. But uh, I was like Marilyn Monroe in my damn shirt with the fan. (laughs) Well, something else happened, and that would be Jordan bringing up the R word a lot. And even Josh... They kept saying it, and I was like, y'all, stop saying it, because an R word. If you don't know what the fuck she's talking about, she's talking about a roach. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like to say it, because I swear they're like Beetlejuice, and you say it three times, they're going to appear. I was like, y'all are saying it way too much. Like, stop. Yeah, I got home. There was a dead one in my... There was a dead one in my bedroom! In my bedroom, that's where it was, okay? I mean, thank God for bug spray. Yeah, well, then last night, I was, like, getting undressed to put on my PJs, and there was one. I, um, I, you know what Fred, Fl- you know what Fred Flintstone looks like when he bowls. Yeah, that was me trying not to touch the thing because I was barefoot. Oh. <laughs> and then it went into a blanket, like one of <gasps> Marley's like old blankets that throw the whole thing away. Oh, it's it's thrown away. But I had to kill it. Like I can't not know that it's alive. Yeah. and go to sleep in that room. So I had to like touch it with my shoe like to be like come on out it was yeah yeah i was hot i was breathing heavy i was like oh my god i just wanted to go to sleep oh so y'all y'all manifested that in my house that's a souvenir i didn't want to bring back but for real thank y'all so much for those who attended that meant the world to us (laughs) they could hear my nods yeah they could they could feel it (laughs) It really did, and we had the best time. And you know who makes that possible, that we're able to take trips like that? Patreoners! So thank you so much, Claire R. from Pennsylvania. Kiana D. from New York. Christine C. from Minnesota. Jessica S. from Ohio. Marianne T. from Ireland. And Jen D. from Washington. Thank y'all so freaking much for joining Patreon. Hopefully you've been diving into all the bonus content and you're loving it just as much as we love doing it. And again, truly, 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 the support from people like y'all on Patreon is what makes stuff like this possible for us. Seriously, thank you so much. So last night, 
First of all, y'all know I'm one that I do not wash my hair every day. This ain't an ad. I really don't wash my hair every day. I just, (laughs) first of all, it annoys the shit out of me to do it. And I just don't. So normally I can go solid five days and I'm just fine without washing my hair. But something about last night, I was laying in bed and I literally had to get out of bed take a shower and wash my hair because I was like, it's driving me bonkers. My head's itching. But it kind of worked out in my favor because after I got out of the shower and I was laying there, you know, kind of wide awake from my shower. Can I say shower one more time? Um, an episode of Forensic Files came on and I was like, well, I got to do my story on that because it was a hella good episode. So it is season 13, episode 11 before you get into that, back to Dallas, me and Tiffany shared a room. And one night she had went up to go to sleep. It was like the first night we got there. And I'd stay down to like hang out. Well, when I got up to the room, you know, the TV was blaring because Tiffany needs her hearing checked. And that's the fucking truth. <laughs> and it was Golden Girls. And that girl was out. Like, so I heard her snoring, TV going. And so I was like, all right, let me get into bed. And I, like, got the remote, and I was watching it. And so I was like, you know what? Before I lose this fucking remote, how I do everything else, I'm going to put it back on the nightstand, you know, whatever. And I had turned it down, so it didn't wake her up or anything. That girl went to turn it off because she, like, rolled over. And I was like, hey, I'm still watching that. (laughs) Like, I'm invested in it. (laughs) Well... Well, Colby's obsession is the Golf Channel right now. And when we got there, and he turned it to you, and he was like no golf channel i guess this will do and he turned it on happy gilmore (laughs) (laughs) oh and why i brought that back up is because the second night i was like oh let me watch forensic files it was on and i watched it all the way and i'm like oh yeah oh yeah like it's gonna be a big twist how are they and then i fell asleep Mm -hmm. and i'm like I don't even know what it was. I don't, I can't even remember the names. Like, (laughs) I want to know how it ended. That, uh, commentator, question mark, that voiceover guy. Yeah. The most soothing fucking voice. I mean, that is one of my favorite things to go to sleep to. It is. But I was like, man, if if this was at home, I could have just recorded it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I'm so, like, akin to. I don't know if that's, like, I'm so used to. Spooled. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like. Oh my God, I lost. Like, I don't even know what it is. Maybe next time I'll just be watching and be like, God, this sounds familiar. They repeat a lot. Okay, sorry. So, on to your story. Okay, so picture it. Delaware, circa 1991. This guy named Charles Holden is on his way home from work. He had just worked the 3 to 11 shift at a factory when he pulls up so he lives on this farmland it's a very rural area in delaware so he lives on this farmland and like i heard it both ways but there's a house and a trailer on the land and i heard it vice versa of which one lives where but like i think in the house his mom lived and then he lived on the trailer on the property but i also heard it opposite but anyway so he's coming home from work he pulls onto his land And he sees this guy, like, kind of lurking around. And he's like, ooh, shit. So he just pulls on away and goes to the nearest payphone and calls 911. And he tells them, like, look, there's, like, a peeping Tom, an intruder of some sort. I don't know what he is, but there's this guy lurking around my house. Like, can you come 
check it out with me. Well, that'd be nice, but is his mom alone on the property? Well, so police were like, cool, cool. We'll come check it out. When they get there, they check his house out and everything's fine. And he's like, well, let's go check out my mom's house. So they go over to his mom's house slash trailer, whichever one it was. And that's when they realized that things weren't the same as Charles's house. A window and a back door were clearly broken. And so they were like, oh my God, did the person like try to get in and rob? So they go inside and they find his mother, Dorothy Donovan, dead in her bed. Oh my gosh. She was 70 years old and she died from multiple stab wounds to the face and the chest. There was a pillow placed over her head and she was placed kind of in like, not like a suggestive position, like maybe there had been a sexual assault. But the thing is, is that there were no signs of a robbery. Like our purse was there, like everything was there. So it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, why would someone do that to a 70-year-old woman? So, of course, the first thing that police do is they're going to look at Charles. Mm -hmm. Like, was there really somebody walking around his property? So they... Of course, like interview him. They find out that just recently there had been, and, and I never found out, like, I don't really know for sure if it was Dorothy or Charles that took it out, but an accidental death life insurance policy had been taken out on Dorothy. And a murder would count towards that. Oh, shit. And Charles had acquired some debt recently. He wasn't doing super hot financially. And, you know, his mom dying, he's going to get the land. He's going to get the houses. He's going to get, you know, her life insurance. He's going to get all of this. And the way that she died with the multiple stab wounds, that is, you know, usually indicative of someone very close to them that has a lot of aggression. It's a very personal crime. And then putting the pillow over the face, mm -hmm. that's very like I can't oh, see you. I can't face see you. you yeah. Or or I'm I'm sorry I did this to you, but I gotta I gotta block yeah. it out. So when my mom and dad took out life insurance on my dad, all they could afford was a very low amount. And when my mom had died and everything, my dad was like, Donna, take out more on me. So when I'm gone, you'll be okay. I never did, BT dubs. But I was like, no, because if I take out more and right. then he's living with me and then he dies, like, that's just, no, I've watched this show. And I'm like, what? why am I so scared of everything? No, when he passed away, he kept his room so fucking hot. And um, it was me and Donna at the house with him by ourselves. And I was like, I'm about to die in here. Like, I got to open this window because it was cold outside. And I opened the window and I was like, wait, they're going to think I'm like trying to cool the body off. Kind of close the window. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we could never be killers, crooks, anything. No. Because if they gave me a polygraph, they'd be like, she's lying. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just so nervous that you're going to think that it was me. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so every time I'm like that, like I hear about life insurance, because that's what you do. You're like, uh-huh, they took out hefty life insurance. It's right. them. You know, so poor daddy was like, you can afford it. Take out more. Because seriously, I mean, they were on a very tight budget. And I'm like, I mean, I'd like to, but uh, no. <laughs> well, and at that point, nobody would have insured him for more anyway. Right, yeah. But I was like, that is actually clever, because you're not doing like, a life insurance policy you're doing like an accidental one 
So that is kind of different. It, you know, like, it would have to be something that happened versus, like, are they just out of old age? You know? Yeah. Because who's going to insure a 70-year-old, you know? Right. So when police take Charles to the police station just to be like, what the fuck is going on? They're clearly, like, in it. Like, we think kind of, you know, like, we think he did this. So they're like, what, tell us what happened. And Charles tells them this story. So Charles said he got off work, you know, around midnight and he was hungry. So he was like, man, I'm gonna go into town. I'm gonna pick me up a burger. Well, while he was getting his burger, he went back to his car and in the parking lot, there was a guy there. So they're in Harrington, Delaware and a neighboring town named Georgetown. The guy was like, hey, my sister's in the hospital in Georgetown. Like I need to get there. And at first, Charles was like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, that's like 25 miles away. And Charles is like, well, my house is just a couple of miles away. I'm not taking you all the way there. Yeah. And the guy was like, man, please come on, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, okay, well, look, this is what I'll do. I'm not taking you all the way, but I'll take you as far as I can. And then maybe you could pick up a ride the rest of the way. Though Charles lives out in rural part of Delaware. Right. The guy gets in Charles's truck Tell me why I'm picturing them getting in a single cab red Ford Ranger. (laughs) That's funny. But I pictured my mom's car, which was was a a Ford Ford Ranger, Ranger. but it was green. (laughs) But it's it's a single cab. Yeah. Like in my head, it kind of flashes to green, but that's because it was your mom's. But it's a single cab and it doesn't have the thing like your mama's had. Yeah. Oh my God. I hated that thing. The thing that goes like the trailer thing that goes over the bed of the truck. Yeah. It was different colors. Oh, my God. But it was perfect for them because they would go and do yard sales and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. they would put stuff in the back. And a hand-me-down truck is a hand-me-down truck. Yes. So, like I said, guy gets in and they start to drive. But, again, Charles's house wasn't very far away. So, it was only about three miles that this guy rode with him. And Charles was like, all right, time to get out. Like, stopped at this intersection. He said he stopped like half a mile from his house because he didn't want this guy to know where he lived. So, he basically stopped at this intersection and was like, all right, time to go. And the guy was like, no, you're taking me the whole way. And he's like, no, I'm not. And so, the guy starts to attack him. So, Charles like jumps out of the vehicle and... The hitchhiker grabs a screwdriver that's on Charles's floorboard. He says that he's like swinging it at Charles. Charles takes off running. The guy's chasing him. They fight. And the guy's You're like. You're screwed. <laughs> ma'am. And the guy's like, you're fucking taking me. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. I'll take you. Like, Because the guy's like, I'm going to kill you if you don't take me. So Charles is like, okay, fine. I'll take you. So they start walking back to the car because, you know, he had ta- he'd taken off running. So they start walking back to the car truck and Charles quickly like gets in before he is able to walk back around because he, you know, he's like, I picture him like according to air quotes, according to Charles Mm -hmm. holding like this shank on him basically and being like, yeah, be like getting the fucking truck. You're taking me. Yeah. So Charles says that he jumps in and takes off driving before the guy can get in the truck himself. Uh But he's like, man, I didn't want to go straight home, though, because they were only like half a mile from his house. So the guy could easily see which way he pulled in and know what house is his. He said that he drove around for about, you know, a a few loops, 20 minutes, some some, drove around for some time. I kind of heard it both ways. A couple loops around the block, a.k.a. it's not a block because it's like rural area, but a couple like 20 minutes or so. 
And then that's when he went back home. Now, keep in mind, the spot that he dropped him off, you had to go down the road and make a turn to get to Charles and Dorothy's house, to their property. So, so he gets home and he tells police that he knows that that hitchhiker he picked up is who killed his mom because that's who he saw walking around their property. Now, was their property the first one you come to? No, you had to pass other houses to get to their property. Okay. So police were like, um, so you're telling us that you picked this hitchhiker up, random hitchhiker on a random night, drove him half a mile from your house, dropped him off, made the block a couple of times and came back and he had killed your mom in that time when he had to go down the road, past other houses and make a turn to get to your property. Right. And just conveniently, so they couldn't identify specifically the murder weapon, but they were like, it was probably a screwdriver. Oh, wow. So conveniently, this guy steals your screwdriver off your fucking floorboard. Right. Okay. Okay, Charles. Cool, cool, Charlie. Yeah. And if that was the truth, it's like he paid this guy to do it. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go. And then like, let him off drove around for 20 minutes and then came back to say i saw someone walking around you know what i mean right so the police are of course like bro we don't buy that at all but charles is like no i'm telling you he was you know like 27 28 years old he was a black guy had acne scars had really thick glasses like did a um like a sketch of him and they're like okay well how about you take a polygraph and he was like oh no I can't do that. Well, I get that. But yeah, because here's my problem, too, because they say, like, if you think about it, well, how they word questions. And I am this person that I will pick apart how they word questions. But no. Yes, I see where you're saying. But so one of my coworkers, her and her husband actually own a polygraph in business. And that's not how it goes. Like, they actually go over the questions beforehand with you and then ask you the questions and they ask you a ton of baseline questions to really and truly get what your baseline is so like if you are more anxious because who wouldn't be with this test then they get that anxious baseline and then they get in and so it's no questions that you've never heard yeah well no i know but like just if you know, they say, would you ever want Carrie dead? But they're not, they don't ask that kind of okay. stuff. Yeah, they don't, they don't ask that. Well, in the movies they do, ma'am. Well, they don't in real life. And they use more like biometric stuff with like watching your pupils, like stuff like that, that you can't control. And what if I could control my pupils? You can't, ma'am. If you did that, you could like regulate your blood pressure and all the things. You can't do that. Well, I mean, I guess you kind of can because you can like, we're breathing and blah, 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 blah. But you get the point. Why do you have to do my blood pressure? Why? You know, I'm on medication for that. <laughs> What aren't you on medication for, ma'am? Very true. Also, though, can they do can they do polygraph tests on me and you? Yes, but why would you want that? That's a fight waiting to happen. (laughs) God, I wouldn't do it about you because yeah, that's a fight. (laughs) (laughs) It'd just be like randomness. I'm just thinking for the peeps want to see it. Also, I want to have a polygraph test taken. I'll ask her. (laughs) But no, like they do. Um, polygraphs for like all the sex offenders in the state and all all kinds of shit. Oh my god! And then like some um, like they'll get called out to other states. So like say say you're like a physician that is has like a sex addiction that's had like some complaints on you and stuff. 
they'll do the polygraphs for like all that kind of stuff too because um even some treatment programs like here there's a really big um sex addiction rehab here so they can even do it like for them because as part of their treatment to know are you truly disclosing everything and that's part of it for um sex offenders is are they truly disclosing everything? Because you have to disclose everything to your treatment team to move forward. And if you're holding stuff back, then you can't move forward. Did they do Tiger Woods polygraph? Okay, first of all, I couldn't tell you if they did, but no. Because <laughs> <laughs> he really came to our local uh, sex addiction thing. Yeah. So police at this point are like, okay, cool, cool. You're full of bullshit. So we got to get to work to prove this. So while inspecting... Is that the right word? Uh, investigating Dorothy's home, they find that not only did they find a bloody palm print, the killer had left some blood back at the scene. So they're like, "Got him!" They test his palm print, test his DNA. Nothing matches. Oh shit! So they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, he, did he hire somebody? Like, okay, so he didn't do the deed. Like, this was not him in this house. Like, no palm print. Like, that's not his. That's not his blood. Okay. Like, did he hire this person? Mm -hmm. But he's adamant. Like, it is this guy that I picked up. So, long story short, flash forward to 14 years later. Oh, my gosh. So, this whole time, Charles has lived under this cloud of suspicion that people think that he hired someone to kill his mother. So, in November of 2005, they decide to reopen this cold case. So, what they do is from the DNA that they had collected at the scene from the blood droplets, because again, it was a very brutal attack. So, the, the guy got injured. They decide to run the DNA through the national database, CODIS. Y'all, they got a match. Oh my God, who was it? It was a 41-year-old man named Gilbert Cannon. So police start digging into, okay, well, who's this Gilbert guy? And they find out that he had been living in Delaware back in 1991 and that he had a long rap sheet of burglary and like resisting arrest, assault, all the things. And Charles didn't have a, a criminal record at all. So the police are like, all right, well, we got to bring this guy in for questioning. But they couldn't find him. It took them another two months to be able to find him. And they ended up finding him at a girlfriend's house and brought him in for questioning. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I wasn't there. I didn't do that. I didn't hit your ride. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they question him and question him, and he's just not giving them anything. So they walk away for a little while. Then they get a little at the door. And old Gilbert is like, okay, so this is what had happened. And he tells the exact same story as Charles. He said he was high on cocaine and wanted somewhere to sleep it off. And so when he had gotten in the fight, he had ridden, he had ridden with Charles, gotten in the fight with him, he started just walking down the road. And he passed up all those other houses because lights were on. Oh, my God. So it was truly pure coincidence that he picked Charles's house. Oh, oh, my God. And instead of going through a long trial and in, in order to avoid the death penalty, he confessed and pled guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole in 2007. 
Oh, my gosh. So poor Charles, who truly did not hire this guy. There was no connection. It was literally pure coincidence of... Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, of Gilbert literally just happened to pick the house of the guy who had just given him a ride. Oh, my God. And again, poor Charles just had to live in that cloud of suspicion that he killed his mother for so long when it was. And they pulled up a picture of Gilbert from like 1991 when, you know, like an old mug shot. Mm -hmm. And it was like spitting image of the sketch. The sketch. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and this was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. So like they did it before, of course, there was a thing and there were no hits. Nobody knew anything. But like one of the, I think it was like one of the forensic wiki fandom things was like, this is like the plot of a real life horror movie. Yes. Yes, like, no, I know this is wild, but I'm telling y'all the truth. Yes, because, I mean, why would you believe him? Mm -hmm. So you're telling me, because, again, he literally had to walk half a mile down the road, pass houses, and turn a corner to find their house. Wow. And and the FBI said, like, kind of like, if it isn't him, it may have been somebody that was kind of just strung out on drugs, like, but there was not a robbery. So police were like... It couldn't have been that, you know? Wow. But yeah, he was just looking for somewhere to sleep it off. And he went in there and there was Dorothy. And so he flipped. Like he, like it, you know, he yeah. just was fucking high and didn't know what to do. Yeah. Not a, hey, let me run away. Yeah. And maybe get popped on a burglary charge again. No, let me kill this woman. Oh my gosh. And pretty sure they never found the murder weapon or identified it, but it's safe to say I, I really think it's, it was a screwdriver. Oh my gosh. And so like Charles supplied him with the Everything. The location, the murder weapon, the yeah, literal everything. It didn't mean to. You know what? Dorothy would still be alive if they had cell phones back in ninety one. Because Charles would have called on a cell phone and No. He was like already oh, he, there. He was already there yeah. and had done so the he, deed yeah, and he, he had, was leaving. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he was like, I think like running away when Charles went, because Charles had driven around for yeah. a little while. Well, I thought like, because Charles had to go find uh-uh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, either way. Wow. That's so sad though. And there was no evidence of sexual assault either. Like it just was... Just kind of how she was positioned. But before we talk any more about that terrible case and get into your story, we got to talk about apostrophe because they are back. And you know what? Today is the first day of fall. And you know what that means? What? Cooler weather and your skin needs change. Moisture. But it's like apostrophe is the apostrophe of our episode like between your story well that would be a semicolon ma'am but oh my god well you know what i was trying to make it work good try good try but if you live in the south it's still hot it's still very very hot so you're still getting the back knee the knee knee the uh, (laughs) chest knee the butt knee the all the knees why are you bringing celebrities into it knee knee leaks kenny chest knee what's going on i mean i just you know hey guys (laughs) but seriously We're always hot here. And like we said, in Dallas, sweating down. And you know what I needed? To have my cleanser, to get all of the gunk, bacteria, all the things off of my face. And Apostrophe was like, oh, we got you, girl. We were out having a good time. And Apostrophe said, here, hold my beer. I'll get your face. (laughs) We know it is so 
flipping hard to figure out what is right for your skin. Because we see all of the influencers, TikToks, all the things, and we're like, oh, that looks amazing. But what if it's not amazing for your skin texture, for, you know, everything? But it doesn't matter because Apostrophe's got your back and you just log on, take a quiz, and it's all about your personal goals, what you deal with, all the things. And no, they don't want your social security number, but they do want like some selfies. They want that. And then an expert dermatology team, they customize your treatment for your unique skin. That's a team of people going, oh, let me just see what, and you, and you, and you need, and you need something different, and you need something different. Because like Donna said, it's to your unique skin. And it can be topical medications for your face. It could be oral. Because again, it's all based on what you need for your skin. So you fill out an online consultation. Like Donna said, snap a couple of selfies and a board certified dermatologist will create your first customized treatment plan. We've said it several times. Carrie deals with rosacea. I have some redness, but it's more from just sensitivity. And of course, I still, I'm 37 and I still have acne issues. So Apostrophe comes in clutch for all of those skincare needs. And we got a deal for y'all. You can get your first visit for $5 at apostrophe.com slash creep when you use the promo code creep. That's a savings of $15. And it's only available for you listening to this ad right now. So to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash creep. Click begin visit, use our code creep at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. So whether your skin goals are acne, rosacea, wrinkles, anything, go to apostrophe.com slash creep and use promo code creep so that you can get your first visit for just $5 and get a dermatologist crafted treatment plan just for you. Well, she said skin goals, but we know she means that's your problems and your goal is to get rid of what she said. Yeah, you know what I meant. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Now pick up the phone and go pick to up the phone and go to apostrophe.com slash creep and use promo code creep. Okay. I thought you were like an infomercial at 3 a.m. I mean, you know, depends on what time they're listening to this. <laughs> okay. Back to your story. One thing because his name was Charles. I kept going, Charles in charge. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, they're trying to charge Charles. <laughs> and so Damn. I can't say it. I'm like, Charles, charge, charge, Charles. That's fucking hard. Was he able to get the insurance money? Girl, you read my mind. I never saw anything with that. But I was like, I wonder if he like had to wait until they proved it wasn't him. Like someone was convicted yeah or if once they proved it was not him based on like his dna didn't match the the palm print all of that if they were like we don't really have any reason to not give it to you at this point yeah but if it was proven that he hired someone maybe then they would like sue him for the money maybe because that would be some shit yeah if you were like 14 years waiting on that money yeah like would they if because they didn't give it to you could they like owe you interest yeah they better I don't know. Poor thing. He lost his mom. You know, he lost so much more. Yes. Well, he lost his mom. And then I'm sure it was so much harder on him because he probably didn't have people to turn to when, you know, the police are like, yeah, you killed her. No one's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry you lost your mom. You murderer. You know what I mean? Right. So 
I, I don't know. I just feel like that's so hard because anytime you lose someone, you want your friends and family to be there to support you. Gosh. Well, I'm going to be talking about some death too. I don't know why I was happy about that. So I'm going to be telling you about some legend and folklore and it's known as the Screaming Skulls. And I don't, I've already fucked up. I don't know why I said it's, but because <laughs> there's several, but you know, it's the legend around Screaming Skulls. That's why I said it's. Anyway, we all know skulls are super important, you know, protect the brain and shit. But did you know, and I know you probably do, Carrie, so don't ruin it for me. But <laughs> did you know that skulls can protect the brain under 520 pounds of pressure? Mm-mm. Like it takes 520 pounds of force to crush a skull. And that's like twice as much as like just a human hand could do or like a human capability could do without any kind of like mechanism or. Damn. Like a hammer. Oh, God. Oh, yes. But 520 pounds. So that means that people could stand on your skull and not break it. I mean, don't try it. So that means someone who is not 520 pounds could stand on your skull and it not break. Is that what that's saying? I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think that that weight is the same as pounds of pressure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I mean, no one go out and try it. <laughs> don't, I, I'm telling you, don't do it. We are not liable for anything. But I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Besides that, I felt like I was Bill Nye for a minute there. But, you know, skull is super important for living. But what about the skull after death? What purpose does it serve? Well, there's some folklore about what skulls can be used as. And most of the time, it's actually protection and luck. But there's always other sides of the coin as well. And the Screaming Skulls were really popular in England. There were some places outside of there that they did like they did believe the same thing but really in rural England that's where like people would have skulls as protection on their farms and stuff and they thought it helped them prosper. Screaming skulls are also linked I want to say usually but linked to people who were persecuted for religious reasons, but also extend to people who have died a violent death, like beheadings and stuff like that. And as with most supernatural objects, there's some guidelines that people must follow to ensure that nothing negative happens to them while using the object. I.e. you wouldn't display a Ouija board on your coffee table if you had small children and stuff because, you know, you don't want them unknowingly contacting the Z demon. So the guidelines for a screaming skull is that you have to display the skull in a special place, like a wall niche on the hearth on a prominent window seal so people could see it. It it was there. What the fuck is a wall niche? You know, like think about the uh like the place that would go out of certain places where you would like put, you a put your phone. phone. Yeah. Okay. Never heard it called a wall niche, but you know, learn something new every day. <laughs> well, once it's been placed somewhere, you don't move it. Like don't manhandle it, don't do anything, leave it in place. If it is moved, the skull could cause some paranormal disruption until it's been returned to its original position in the home. And that can range from weird noises, moans, or poltergeist 
like activity. And the legend says that if you do try to destroy the skull or try to get rid of it, so say set it on fire, throw it in the river, it will not be lost, but instead return back in the home. And instead of protection, then it'll be cursed and bring nothing but bad luck to the owners. So there's a lot of different screaming skulls, but I'm going to just do like the highlighted ones, you know. The first one I'm going to talk about is the one at Burton Agnes Hall. And in 1173, Roger D. Studeville, he built the manor house. He named it after his daughter Agnes, and so again, it's called Burton Agnes Hall. The only part of this house that still remains is the lower chamber, but the Griffiths were the next family to own Burton Agnes, and and Sir Walter Griffith, he added the Great Hall onto it. So it was like a manor house, and then an addition was added. Anyway, the Griffith family had three daughters, Frances, Margaret, and Catherine, but she went by Anne, Frances being the oldest, Anne being the youngest. Well, just before the construction of the hall was completed, Anne was coming home from a trip and was sadly robbed, attacked, and left for dead. Jeez. They say that she had refused to give them her mother's ring, so they brutally beat her. Luckily, some townspeople were nearby, heard her screaming and crying, and they were able to return her to her house. But she was too badly hurt, and they knew death was certain, just a matter of days. And on her deathbed, Anne asked to have her skull kept in the manor. And, you know, of course, the sisters were like, okay, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. We're going to do whatever you need. You don't worry about it, honey. And they believe the reason why she asked this is that Anne had a lot to do with the design and she like it was kind of her project too you know like something she helped her dad with the house was still under construction at that point so I think she just kind of wanted her to still be in that house first you know what I mean right she was there at the beginning and so involved in it and then like at the end she's not gonna have anything to do with it and not the same but kind of like me on the forensic files (laughs) Where? <laughs> not the same ma'am <laughs> not i'm still really bad that i fell asleep not the same ma'am <laughs> well sadly Anne, she only lasted five more days and she succumbed to her wounds but for reasons we're not sure of you know the sisters you know probably thought Anne was talking out of her head no pun intended about the head being you know okay. left. but They were like, we're not doing that. Like, are we doing that? No, we're not doing that. Okay, we're all in agreement. We're not doing that. That's weird. Well, they buried her at a local church's cemetery. But they would come to regret that because that's when the activity started. There were noises that couldn't be explained, like phantom bangs and loud crashes. But nothing was out of the ordinary, so they couldn't tell what was going on. Like, sounded like dishes being thrown around, but nothing was wrong. And so they were like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to throw this out here. We didn't keep our word to Anne. What if she's coming back to haunt us? So they went and they were shocked to find that Anne's body was still there, but the head wasn't attached to the body. What? Right. And it was also missing all of the flesh and like the alive parts of it. It was just her skull. Uh, I'm sorry, the alive part? You know what I mean? Like... The eyes weren't there. I don't know. What do eyes do after you're dead? Did they decompose? 
I'm saying like it was supernatural. Like it was like a skull, but this is only a few months after say that. I don't know the time frame. So I don't know what they do. So I just meant like all the gunk in her head was gone. It was just like poof, a skull. So they were like, okay. And also does anyone see how it's looking at us? Cause it seemed to be grinning at them. But nevertheless, they powered through, brought Anne's skull back home, placed it on a table. And then everything returned normal at once when they did this. And so once you have a screaming skull, you're like, look, no one touch it. Because again, they've already had some of this before. But if you touch it after you move it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. So meanwhile, now they just have this skull like sitting on the kitchen table. Well, it's not their kitchen table, but yes, yes. So later on, some residents moved in, moved the skull, everything started up again. Because like people, you know, you have to say, like we sell in this house, but uh, when you get it, that skull, it stays there. So they're like, shit, like the noises were going on. Screams were everywhere. But this time they were like, look, I cannot look at that skull on that table. What are we going to do? Because also that wasn't their sister. You know what I mean? Right. Like. That's, that's not what, we like skulls as decor, but uh, not actually someone's Plastic. Skull. Yeah. <laughs> Plaster of Paris, if you will. <laughs> not sure what it's made of, but not bone. Right. Right. So what they did is they put the skull inside the walls and, you know, covered over it and the noises ceased. Everything had been fine then, but every year... Anne will make her presence known as she walks around the home on her death anniversary. Her death anniversary? Yes. Another location with a screaming skull is Wardley Hall. It's located outside of Manchester, like just a few miles. So there's actually two stories about this screaming skull location. The first one says that the skull belongs to Roger Downs. He was like a very she-she person. Like we're talking politician, lawyer, made it to Parliament in 1601. And that was the same time he bought Wardley Hall too. However, he got linked to a screaming skull. And the story goes that Roger was out with some friends one night and they were on London Bridge. He was drunk and he was like, I'm going to kill the first man I see. I don't know why he sounded like that, but you know. And he did just that to a local tailor who was wrong place, wrong time. He killed the man, threw him over the bridge. London Bridge has really fallen down. <laughs> God bless. So then they continue on and Roger picked on someone who wasn't scared to fight back. And this man did. He overpowered Roger and ended up murdering him in self-defense. And then he went further and decapitated Roger. And then he sent his head back to Wardley Hall. So his family buried his head to pay him respect. But the activity started up and they were like, oh God, this is his spirit haunting us. So eventually they dug up his skull, placed it on a niche, in a niche, whatever, not in quiche. Um... (laughs) Anyway, on the stairs, like there is a little cutout while you're going up the stairs. So every time you're going up the stairs, you're like, what up, Roger? Once they did that, all was well in Wardley Hall again, unless someone moved the skull on purpose, accidentally, and which would happen at time to time. 
which would happen from time to time, and there would be loud moans, screaming all throughout the house. Could you imagine if you were like um, the house cleaner or something, and you picked up the skull to like dust it or underneath it? And it was like, you know, on Ace Ventura when he's like screaming and the door's moving open and closing. Mm-hmm. If it was like that, every time like you would pick it up, put it down, like, pick it up, put it up. <laughs> Okay, not a laughing matter. Sorry. I mean, they're long gone. It's funny. <laughs> okay, but like I said, there was another version of why the screaming skull was there. And this says that it was a skull of Father Ambrose Barlow, and he was a Catholic martyr. The hall belonged to a Catholic family who allowed mass to be held in the hall's chapel. So while he was conducting mass, there was a mob of Protestants who attacked him. And he was hanged, drawn, and quartered. What the fuck is drawn? Well, I don't know what drawn is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like where they stretch you and then like quarter you. What, you know? what like, do you say? What's the word? that? What do I say? I, well, now I'm saying how you... Drawn. Oh, what I say? Drawn. Oh, well, what is it? No, I, get, I know now you explained it. Okay. As a warning for others, they put his head on a spike. But Francis Downs, the owner of the property... The, you know, and they were Catholic and all the things. He was like, look, his head can't be on the spike. So he secretly took the head down, brought it back to Wardley Hall. The skull was placed in the niche of the stairs. And again, it was like, don't move it, all the things. And they put it in the lease of the property. People had to sign off on it. But they said this one guy, Matthew Morton, he didn't take it seriously. And he thought it was just a prank. So he threw it in the moat. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And that night, a huge storm came in out of nowhere. So he was like, oh, shit. What if the skull calls this? And so he searched, retrieved the skull, and never displaced it again. I hope there were no crocodiles in that moat. I bet that made him regret being a douche canoe. Right? All I think about when I think about a moat is on Mario on 64, around the Princess Castle, You can go in and get, like, stars and all the things. But, like, you can, uh, I don't know. Like, you could just swim in the moat. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know why that reminded me of that. But I fucking hate Mario 64 because it would be like, You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, never mind. (laughs) What does it do? I'm not doing it again. Please. I don't think I could. <laughs> you did it exactly the same way. <laughs> well, that's how I did, especially if you burned his booty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that I remember. Okay, the next is a skull of Theophilus Broom. So he was a man, he was a royalist soldier, but he defected and joined the Roundheads. Look, I know I'm a history major, but I did not know there was anyone called the Roundheads, but I would have fit in their little club. Because of my round head. Girl, you'd have been the leader. <laughs> I would have been the big grand poobah. Pretty much, yeah. Well, anyway, he died in 1670. But before he did, he asked that his sister would keep his head separate from his body. Because other soldiers had been known to, like, desecrate the grave and, you know, like, destroy the body, take the head somewhere else. Because he defected. And so, you know, I mean, he was like, look, I don't want that to happen to me. So you go ahead and do that. That way they can never have my skull. So his body was buried in the church's cemetery and his head was sent to a farm in Somerset and was kept in a cupboard. 
All was well until one tenant moved it, and the skull seemed to scream so loud that it permeated the walls, like the fucking house was vibrating from how loud these screams were. So the skull was buried at the farmhouse instead of being on display, and that was okay. Everyone seemed peaceful with that decision, but some townspeople wanted to dig up his head because they had heard about it, and they were like, "Uh uh-huh, like, we knew, you know, he had tried to outsmart us, but he, like, we got him. But when they tried, their shovels broke. And it was like, uh, okay, yeah, we're going to leave him alone. Not that important. We're going to go back to our business. And so they finally left him alone, and he has been at peace ever since. The next place is Tunstead Farm. And this skull doesn't have an origin story per se, not one that we can nail down to be like the story, but the skull is known as Dickie. There's one version of it that says the skull belonged to Ned Dixon, i.e. Dickie. He was a soldier and was all fighting the war. He came back home and found that his family, these two cousins of his, had taken possession of his estate because they were like, yeah, he gonna die over there. So uh, we might as well reap the benefits of what he leaves behind. Well, you know, he came back and he was like, hey, thanks for watching the house and everything, but uh, I need y'all to go. I'm back home. Everything's cool. But they didn't want to give the house back. But instead, they killed him. (gasps) Yeah. And buried his body in a shallow grave. And they were like, no one's the wiser because, you know, he was off at war. However, they started being haunted after that. Loud screams, bangs, phantom noises, And they were being driven mad by this. Served them right. Uh Uh-huh. So they went and were like, let's talk to the local witch and see what she can tell us. Because we're being haunted. It's supernatural. Like, we can't just ask our physician about it. And she was like, all right, you need to dig him up, decapitate him, and take his head back to the property. You can keep his body buried, but the head needs to be on the property. You know, the one that you stole from him. And so they did. They buried him and everything was okay. Everything went back to normal. And from then on, it was known as a screaming skull and it would protect the farm. They said that it even protected them from a railroad that was being built. And that railroad was like threatening the farm and their livelihood. Well, suddenly there was accident after accident on the construction site of the railroads. And finally, the workers refused to keep working under those conditions and the railroad's construction like came to a halt. I'm pretty sure that the guy that you stole his property from did not save you from going under on the property that you stole. <laughs> Very I'm pretty true. sure he was like, serves you right, motherfuckers. <laughs> Very true, actually. When Dickie wasn't buried, it would be on display, but people would steal it sometimes But they would always return it sooner rather than later because, you know, they would become haunted by the screams and the moans and no one wants that. They, like, don't fuck with my sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're making me scream and moan and then that's a whole nother. (laughs) That's a whole different. That's a whole nother fucking. True. (laughs) But I told you the origin isn't clear. So there's another version that says the skull is not one of Ned, but a female. And the story goes that there were two sisters, last name, presumably Dixon as well, because Dickie. You know, that's probably what it really was, a a female, and they didn't want it to be that. So they were like, it's this guy named Dickie. Mm, True. Well, they both love the same guy. 
Uh oh. Yep. And how all lifetime movies happen. They fought over him, all the things, and they ended up trying to kill each other over him. And one sister succeeded. So while that sister was dying, she said, I will never be at rest in a grave. So keep my bones on this property. I will say that is one thing that has made our friendship, our friendship with Tiffany, work all these years is we have very different tastes in men. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tiffany and I have kind of similar tastes, but it's still so different. Mm-hmm. And there's been like onesie twosie guys that we both agree on. Yes. It really helped when we were on the dating websites. Yeah. So they kept her bones in a cheese vat in the farmhouse. What? I don't know if that's where Tiffany would like to be kept because that girl loves some cheese. You know what? you probably right about that. <laughs> I don't know. But if the bones were ever moved, the house was filled with strange noises and the cattle would die from mysterious illnesses, all the things. But you're probably right that the house belonged to a woman and they made it more of the man. It could be the sisters. It could not be, you know, like whatever. But yeah, either way, the, the Ned Dixon story, it reminds me of like the squatters now where they have squatter rights yeah. and they refuse to leave. And then like, I don't know, I watched it on My Worst Roommate or The Worst Roommate. I don't know. It's on Netflix. But there was this guy who was like, oh, yeah, I want to be your roommate. Moved in, didn't pay rent, like was terrible, all the things. And she couldn't kick him out. Yeah, I know. That's so fucked up. And I don't know enough of it to like really have a um, like educated opinion on it. I just, what I know of it is like, yeah, that's so fucked up. That's your house. That's your shit. And, but like, I think it even is, y'all are going to be like, no, you don't know anything. But I think it even goes for like abandoned houses that people who are homeless live in. And, like, if you buy that house, they still have squatter's rights. Oh, shit. But, like, everybody's probably eye-rolling and being like, no, that's not actually a thing. So, like, <laughs> y'all tell me if I'm wrong, because I probably am. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. Well, and that guy, he didn't pay rent or anything. But she had to keep paying it, because if she didn't, she'd be kicked out. He doesn't fucking care. He's going to go and do the same thing to someone else mm -hmm. if they get kicked out. She's going to lose her home it's going to go on her credit. It's going to do all these things. And it's like, she was, he like did everything in the house, the apartment. She was just in her room. Like he had made it to where she was so uncomfortable that she could only stay in her room. And he was like, I don't know. I was just like, <gasps> so anyway, that just reminded me like, hey, stay at my house. Sure. I'm going to be at the war. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then those people were like, he, he, he going to die. And then he came back and they were like, oh, shit, he didn't die. Yeah. Well, let's just make everyone believe he did. You know, and mm -hmm. that'd be that. Oh, anyway. <laughs> but I firmly believe he did not save the farm from the railroad. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. But what if the farm was like his one true love and so he didn't want to see it? You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but that just means he is a way better person than me. Because I would <laughs> be like, serves you right, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, told you so. Told you so. <laughs> For real. Okay, the last one that I'm going to talk about, and like the most, like if you talk about Screaming Skulls, you're talking about this place, and that is 
Bettiscombe Manor. It's located in Dorset and it was built by the Penny family and it was built on ancient land. Well, Asia Penny took a part in this rebellion in 1865. So he was sentenced to hang for his part in that rebellion. But he was wealthy and was able to pay his way to the Caribbean or the West Indies. But there he ended up, there's two versions of this, okay? That he ended up owning a plantation in the West Indies and like, you know, was living it up, La Vida Loca, I don't know. But, uh, you know, all the things or that he paid away to the West Indies. But when he got there, he had to work as an indentured servant. And, you know, like kind of he didn't die, but he had to work off his debt that way. But he ended up working into becoming a plantation owner. So either way, that's how the story is. He's in the West Indies, gets a slave and like that's where they live. Either way, he goes to the West Indies, becomes a plantation owner, you know, all the things. Well, that's where he lived, raised a family. But John Frederick Penny, one of his descendants, they were like, you know what? I want to go back to our homeland, like where he left because of that rebellion. And they returned to Bettiscombe with a slave. And I really hope I'm saying that word right, Bettiscombe. You know, I suck. But sadly, the slave that he had brought over couldn't acclimate to the weather and, I know, and got pretty sick. So he was like, look, I know I'm on my deathbed, but when I die, will you please return me to the West Indies for burial? And, you know, he knew that it ain't probably going to happen. So he was like, but if you don't, I will haunt this house. Like, I will fucking curse you. And, you know, you got to scare him into it because, like, you can't trust everyone. So you got to, you know, put the fear in him. Well, they did look into the cost of sending his body back when he died. But it was expensive. And they decided to just bury him in the local cemetery. Because, you know, he did. So they were like, what's the worst he could do? Well. Haunt you. Uh-huh. Even though the penny, John Frederick Penny, wasn't a man of his word, this man was. And he came back. There were loud screams that were heard coming from the cemetery. And then the house at the same time would be filled with that piercing scream. It was so loud again that it would just make the windows vibrate. Well, then their farm was riddled with crop failures, livestock issues, all the things. So they were like, okay, what can we do? So they dug up his body, brought him back to their property. And that seemed to do the trick. So they made sure to place his skull in a niche that's in the attic that was by the chimney so it wouldn't be disturbed. And I think it like looked out a window. They said that it stopped the screaming, but if anyone ever moved it, they would become gravely ill and could possibly die. Well, around 1770, a farmer had moved into the manor and he was like, no way am I keeping that thing, that fucking skull in the attic. That's creepy as shit. So he threw it into a nearby pond and instantly the noises began screaming, groaning, moaning, all the things. So the farmer went, fetched the skull and brought it back, set it up in the attic and there it was at peace again. Now there is another one that someone was like, I'm not keeping this, threw it out and onto like a truck and it was like a manure truck 
And instantly the truck just like stopped, would not move. And they were like, what the fuck happened? Saw the skull. The guy like saw all of it happening. And they were like, yeah, um, sorry, that skull, it belongs to me. Let me just bring that back up here. And the instant that the skull was out of that truck, like the bed, it ran perfectly fine. But now... In 1963, there was this professor from the Royal College of Surgeons who tested the skull at that manor, and he said that it actually did not belong to a man. It belonged to a woman in her 20s from the prehistoric age, but that skull remains in the manor today because no one's taken a chance that that professor might be wrong, and that's actually the skull of the man who said, I'm gonna haunt you if you don't do what I ask. And that is what I have on the Screaming Skulls. Now, like I said, there's plenty more of them. You know, it was something that people really put a lot of stock in, but these were like the main ones. When you look up Screaming Skulls, these are what you find. Well, before you do any more screaming about skulls, we got to talk about Peak because it gave me screaming energy. Oh my God, but you're not wrong. It does give you energy, but it helps you with your skin care. And we talked about other ways of helping your skin. Why not drink something that's going to give you the peptides and everything to help you have the best skin you can from within? We're talking about Peak BT Fountain. Yes, because there's different flavors and they all, you know, have different things that they do. But BT Fountain... Uh, BTW is the fountain of youth. Yes. It enhances and boosts internal moisture production and preservation for results in less than 30 days. It has ceramides to visibly reduce fine lines and increase skin elasticity, hyaluronic acid that increases your skin's moisture content and electrolytes to provide deep cellular hydration. And you know, everyone's wanting that glass skin, that dewy look. Um, hello, add this to your drink, some water, and you're golden. In a month, less than a month, you're going to get the skin you feel comfortable in. And it's so tasty. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, with a really yummy yuzu berry flavor. It's so good. It really is. And I drink water all the freaking time. So I add this twice a day to give me, you know, a little bit of a different taste. Because most people will do like the other kind of packets that you put in for flavor. Why not do one that's going to help with your skin? I mean, my skin needs all the help it can get. So uh, yummy flavor, yummy ingredients, all the things. Yes, because my skin's going to be at its peak performance question mark i don't know i didn't think that through different spelling so go to peaklife.com slash creep that's p-i-q-u-e-l-i-f-e dot com slash creep and you're going to get 15 percent off plus free shipping for life when you subscribe for life for life like peak life for life. Also, another BTW about the BT fountain, it helps me get rid of my brain fog because I swear with an autoimmune disease, your brain is like all the time misty, some fog, all the things, and this really does help. So if you want all that good good, head on over to peaklife.com slash creep. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash creep for 15% off and free shipping for life. Okay, so now that we're finished with that, I got a question for you. Okay. If you moved into a house, 
found a skull that was in a wall niche and you're like, oh, love the wall niche. Don't have room for it because there's a skull there. Would you leave it on display? Would you get rid of it? Would you do what? I feel like I would get rid of it. You did get rid of those doll shoes. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what those are about. And and I mean, knock on wood, I don't think anything happened. Nothing out of the ordinary. Because, I mean, yeah, like you've had some issues, but it comes with a house, right? Yeah, I mean. Like your toilet overflowing and flooding and ruining your flooring. Uh, the attic thing, like yeah. leaking. Yeah, but I feel like that's just normal wear and tear. That's on what a, I was saying. Like a, what you're, I think this house was built in 76. You know, that's just like wear, normal wear and tear on an older house yeah or it could have been those doll shoes protecting it and you're like get out of here you don't fit me (laughs) i don't know that was lame (laughs) you sounded like the gingerbread man (laughs) i don't know what would you do uh call the police but after that i don't know i think i would just be like um and message valerie and be like what do i do with the skull also would you sign a lease knowing that you couldn't move the skull okay no i would not because i could not deal with the skull because if she said don't move it i'd be like can i wall up that niche then something oh true so you don't have to look at so it i can't look at it because i'd forget later on that it was there eventually yeah yeah but if i had to see it every day no thank you it depends on what it looks like too true. like is it like seriously decomposed and it's like missing parts and holy and all that you know what yeah. I mean? or is it like a goose <laughs> pristine you only want a pristine skull i don't know but i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i would have to try to hide it some way be like i don't want to be disrespectful but like i can't be seeing your fucking skull every day also you're clumsy as fuck so you know you're gonna trip up going up the stairs knock a tooth out of the skull <laughs> Right. Y'all, I sprained my ankle today at work. It wasn't oh bad. Like, gosh. I could still walk on it and all. But, like, so we have, you know, it's therapy. So we got stools, right? Well, I stepped on one of the rolly parts of the stool. Oh and, like, gosh. if it hadn't have been for the table in front of me so I could grab onto, I would have hit the floor. Oh, my gosh. Let the bodies hit the floor. Just not the skull because it's got to stay where you put it. <laughs> I think your story was scarier than mine this time, though, because it was just all kind of just, like, by chance that it happened you know like yeah he did pick up the hitchhiker which put him in the vicinity of the house and stuff but like he walked by houses you know he turned a certain way walked by those houses and then walked into that house where dorothy was like i don't know it's just so scary can a mathematician tell me what the odds are of that i mean oh i know they have to know like how many houses were on the street and blah, 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 but like it's it's a it's a one in of something chance yeah, well yes it is <laughs> but truly though like what are the actual odds that he's like can't go to that house they got the lights on nope that one's got the lights on nope can't go to that one let yeah. me turn this curve half a mile down the road right I always leave lights on, so that's okay. Like, my outside lights. Because of stories like that. Like, I never want it to be completely dark. Yeah, and I got cameras everywhere, so. (laughs) I see you. I may not get the notification, but I can rewind it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me tell you. So, speaking about cameras, um, I returned to work after, you know, we got back and everything. And we have... We have like meetings on Google Meet a lot since we're all remote. And I got a notification that 
like someone was at my door, but Marley wasn't barking. Like she was before everything happened, but then she wasn't barking anymore. She was asleep. So I was like, might be a moth, like your story. So I was like, okay. So like, I'm trying not to like, be like, let me see what this is. But I'm like, person's at my door, you know? So I open it and there is, there's a man. I'm like, a man? (laughs) But I'm like, God, he looks kind of familiar. But he's in like a flannel shirt. Stuff, and I'm like, huh. Okay, well, I can't say anything because or do anything. He'll leave whatever he has if he has it. Or like if he was here for nothing, like hopefully he goes somewhere because I'm on a work call, you know. Well, I see him walk back to like my dad's house, like that area. And I'm like, oh, my God, please don't let him go into that house. Like, don't, you know, so I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, trying to do the work thing. But like, oh, shit, who, like, where is this man? Because I don't see a car. I don't see anything. Like, where did he come from? And why did he look familiar? Well, when I go to lunch just a little bit later, like, just a little bit, and I'm like, fuck, because there's a car, and it's it was a mailman, because it had U.S. mail on it. So I'm like... Okay, because, like, I live out in the county, so we don't have, like, mail trucks. It's, like, their personal vehicle, and it has, like, U.S. mail on it. But he's not there. And so I'm like, is he in that house? Because, y'all, while I was gone, someone called and was like, hey, I just drove by your house, and I wanted to know if you wanted to sell it because I'm looking for property out there. And I'm like, the fuck? So I'm like, why is this the hot spot? Like, why are people trying to look at this place? Uh... Yeah, no. So I'm like, Marley, let's just go before we get murdered up in here. I turn the corner and I see like a U.S. mail truck like coming. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, his car broke down. You know, so I was like, okay. So I made the loop just to make sure like, because again, it could have been a coincidence and that mail truck could have been somewhere else. They were like doing something. I saw him. So I like went on because (laughs) apparently I'm not helpful at all. I'm just like, all right, going to lunch. Well, I come back and I'm like, let me just see if he left a note because the truck's still there. Like the car's still there. And it reminded me so much of my mama. Yes. Leaving a fucking handwritten note. And it said, truck broke down. I'll be back later. (laughs) Bless it. And I was like, oh gosh. Been there. (laughs) Been there so many times. But I'm like, hey, very glad it was like easy to turn into the driveway and it didn't block me coming from my side, you know, because anyone else's, it would have blocked them mm-hmm. to get out. But he got it back like later that afternoon. Because he planned where he yeah. was going to break down and all so that he could be like, let me not block her. I am just saying. He better be glad he broke down right where he wanted to. I'm just saying it's lucky that he didn't have to worry about someone coming in ma'am no one stands between me and lunch but it was just like why does he look so familiar and then when i saw the u.s smell thing i was like oh, yeah that's why i've seen him a few times Mm-mm-mm. but also sir a flannel shirt it is hot outside well thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us and all the things don't forget you can always like subscribe review join us on social media at the apc podcast on most things join the facebook group all the places, most importantly, leave us a review and remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.